Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. What you doing? Hello, friends. Welcome to Co-Parenting, Your Thrive Guide podcast. My name is Deborah Lene, and I am the host of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I so appreciate your time and appreciate you listening. And this week, I passed the milestone of a thousand downloads. So I am so appreciative and grateful that you have taken the time to join me. And I am forever grateful. In addition, on my Facebook page in the past couple of weeks, I have received about 300 new followers. And so thank you. I am very honored that you all have followed me and I want to continue to share more, become more transparent and just teach more, inspire more. And so thank you for joining me on my journey. As I stated in my podcast last week, this time of year is my favorite time of year. So I looked at the weather and I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be in the 60s and 70s all week. So I am very, very excited about the weather. And for those of you that know me, I love sun and I love to be outside. I enjoy it very much. And I work in my like everybody, I guess, during the pandemic, we're all working from home. So it's so nice to get good weather so I can get out and enjoy it. It's my favorite time. And so flowers and tomato plants coming soon. So I'm excited about that. I received some feedback this week on my Facebook page. And it was several people that said, oh, you know, it's so easy to have be great at co-parenting when you don't have a narcissist as a as the other parent. And I was like, yeah, I get that. I totally understand. And I feel like probably sometimes I come off as like, oh, everything's great and it's going to be good. And that's never my intention because trust me, I get real life situations. And um, I just wanted to share today about how to co-parent with a narcissist. And I am doing that as a response to the several comments that were made on some of my posts this week on Facebook. And so I was like, let me just share some things that I think will be beneficial and helpful. And I hope that you will find it helpful too. Before I get started, I want to emphasize that I am not a therapist. I am not a certified counselor. And all I have is a ton of, you know, real world, hard knock life experience and that I can share with you. And I hope you'll find the words that I say inspiring and helpful. And I hope you can use them to make your situation better. One of the things that I think is really important, probably one of the first things in thinking about this topic about co-parenting with the narcissist is one of the first things that I do when I'm in this situation is that I minimize the contact. And many people that are narcissistic, they love nothing more than 
to engage in this like psychological warfare thing. And what they want to do, their agenda is to keep the relationship or to continue the manipulation. So if you choose to minimize contact with them, it can go a really long way towards keeping the peace. And one of the things that you could do is you could actually schedule your reply to the other co-parent. Um, you can schedule the, any correspondence and this will stop any of the surprise attacks that, that you might get. You can choose a day, a time, and limit for answering any communication each week so that you're not... You're so you're not feeling like a puppet on a string. I know for me in the past, like I'm a very responsive person. So if someone texts me, I almost feel obligated to text them right back. And I have made so many mistakes in terms of a quick response, whereas I should have just waited, owned my peace, set my boundary, and not responded. And <clears throat> I think one of the things that we all know is that it takes two to tango, right? And so they can't fight when there's no response. What are they going to, you know, you can turn it off. You can block their number for a short period of time and then and then unblock it again. Because the drama is so draining to all of us. And you can remove yourself so that he or she has zero audience and therefore it doesn't feed into that. And so minimizing the contact or scheduling, choosing a day and time in which you respond and not right when they send that text and not right when they make don't you don't have to pick up that phone um, or answer that call. You don't have to answer that email what whatever type of communication you can be more in control by choosing a date and a time to respond to them the other thing i think is establishing clear boundaries and i am i have had to really learn this and it's been by oh it's okay yeah it's not that bad and then all of a sudden i'm six months in and like, oh my God, this is not okay with me and completely flipping out. And it, if I would have established clear boundaries, I wouldn't have got to that point. So establishing the clear boundaries, like structure, this type of structure, it provides for the children a safe and predictable zone or a buffer from any of the psychological damage that we know can be caused by the by a narcissist. And so the emotional roller coaster that the narcissistic parent, it's so it can be so detrimental to the child's de- development. So establishing the clear boundaries is crucial to making a safe and peaceful environment. And one of the ways I feel like if you're establishing clear boundaries, you can do this through a co-parenting plan. And in the coming weeks, I'm actually going to be interviewing an attorney who talks about how to create a co-parenting plan and how to minimize 
the contact and how to build and establish the boundaries that are acceptable. And so I think that that is really important. Also, another little trick that I have found is they have these really great co-parenting apps. I was like, oh my gosh, there is an app for everything. And the co-parenting apps, it, it, they can like their schedules, expense sharing, and they're pretty inexpensive. I'm going to, um, this week, I'm going to, in my social media post, I will be talking about uh, the co-parenting apps and some of the really, really good ones. I'll go through them quickly, but I believe that that can help if you're doing a co-parenting plan. I believe that the co-parenting apps can, they, they really help all parties. They kind of streamline all the logistical issues that create confusion. So I think it's really, really important. They have calendars, document sharing, changing visits, coordinating extracurricular activities. They're really amazing. Some of the, um, and like I said, I'll post it on my social media, some of the names of the co-parenting apps, because I feel like they're super, um, I feel like they're so helpful. I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have had this years ago. I didn't even know it existed until a few months ago when I saw it. Another thing that I think, um, maintain emotional control. Now, Ugh, this one is so hard for me. I always have the best intentions of being emotionally in control. And I don't always succeed. However, I did this weekend at my daughter's tennis tournament. Not to digress, but I had kind of a encounter with another parent. And I was very emotionally in control of myself. And I was very proud of myself because that has not been who I was in the past. So I was like, oh, all my meditation and breathing's paying off. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like that maintaining emotional control is very important. And those with the narcissistic personality, they feel like they win when we get angry or lose control or yell or cry or plead. They win. And so remaining as unemotional as possible, it is the best way to interact with anyone who's narcissistic. If you minimize that contact, and then you're able to maintain control of yourself in front of him or her, they won't win, you win. And so I would really encourage you and myself to vow to yourself to be calm, pleasant, non-emotional. And I know this is a tough one. But if your ex is gaining like emotional intention, emotional intensity, and is threatening to take you for a ride, someone da da da, you're going to do this, I'm going to do that, then somebody for the sake of the children has got to consider the impact on the children. So you take the emotion out and you and you can do it through, honestly, deep breathing, meditation, mindfulness. I do all of that. And also support groups help too. But if you take the emotion out and just vow to yourself, like I refuse to get highly emotional when he or she comes at me, it will go such a long way in giving you a much more peaceful life. Like I totally believe that. And I know 
for me, the learning to be emotionally disciplined has been very difficult for me. But I feel like now that I'm getting older, that I am finally starting to do that. And it's such you know, if I could tell my younger self, like, you don't have to get so it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You don't have to get so emotional about everything. I think it I, I think it really, if we can learn that it's, it, it goes a long way, especially towards helping the kids too. being a good role model. And our kids need to see at least one healthy parent. And if they see one healthy role model, in their lives, they will not only survive, but they will thrive. And you and I need to show our children that, hey, maybe we're not able to maintain a, you know, great relationship with the other co-parent, but we are going to keep our peace in our household. That's, that's the line. And I know I, for me, and I, I'm just going to give this example. When my son, when I placed him for adoption, his birth father is a complete narcissist. And when I placed my son for adoption, I knew it was the right choice for me at the time because there would never be any peace whatsoever in my life and in my older daughter Bree's life. And so having to make that choice, I mean, I was in a tough, there was a lot of factors that went into it and not, I didn't place my son. Let me just get this straight. I didn't place my son just because he was a narcissist, but there was literally no peace. And I knew the control, all of that, it would never end. And it, it was just, you know, sometimes you, there are certain things that you have to do. And so being a good role model, and maybe some people won't understand your decisions at the time, but you have to keep in mind what is good for your children. And it is not always easy. Don't badmouth the other co-parent. It's hard to do sometimes. And, but show your children the right way to behave because they get more out of watching us and how we behave than any other thing. Let me tell you a quick example, or I'll give you a quick example. So I'm a very fast driver. I drive fast. I want people to move out of the way. I, when I was, you know, 10 years old or seven years old, I can't remember. I think it was seven or eight or 10 that I wanted to be the first in line on the interstate. And I used to sit and tell and like watch my dad drive and think he does not drive correctly because he doesn't know how to get to the first of the line. And I would be a much better driver than him. I remember thinking that, which is funny, right? Like I'm 10 years old or eight years old thinking that I would be a much better driver than my father because he did not know how to get to the front of the line. Now, I still think that I'm a really good driver, and I am, but I tend to talk to drivers, other people. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so slow. Move, go. So the other day, we're driving to school. I'm driving Ava to school, 
And there is a truck in front of us, like a work truck or whatever. And oh my gosh, it's going so slow. We're listening to music. And I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of like chilled driving. And I hear Ava like, oh my gosh, this guy is so slow. Why doesn't he hurry up? Oh, and I was like, you sound like your mother. And then we both started laughing, right? Because she learns by watching me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to do better at talking to every driver on the road. So that's what I mean by being a good role model. I'm bringing it back around. So if they learn so much by watching us. And so if we can show our children the right way to behave, and we're not going to get it right 100% of the time, it's not going to be perfect. But think in your mind about a good role model, and try to make your choices on how you behave based on, is this how I'd want my child to behave? I also think that it's good to teach and model emotional intelligence. And we can point out positive examples of single family households when it's appropriate or when we find someone like, look at them at some point, you know, a child grows up and they can observe for themselves. But I think if if the child can learn really proper emotional regulation and then healthy coping skills, that it's so important that they learn that from us. And I also think that the mindfulness, teaching our kids to be mindful is really important. Doing what's best for your children. Um, and I know I, I said that a few minutes ago, but, you know, a person that has um, narcissistic tendencies they will always put their own needs first. They're never going to put the needs of the child first. And he or she will attempt to use the children as tools for their agenda and protect your, your kids from that. And the, since they, they will not put the needs of their child first, our children need us to protect them. Regardless of him or her behavior, choose what is best for the children. So in whatever, even if you have to get legal, legal authority involved, whatever, do what is best for the children. You will never regret that. If you can go into every situation, what is best for the kids? And then let the chips fall where they may, but do what you can do, right? And then the last thing I will say is never, ever give up. Chances are that a narcissist, they're probably never going to change. I mean, they they might, but let's be realistic. They probably will never change. For the sake of the children, you have to keep it as amicable as possible, And I know that's a big ask for a lot of us. I get it. But and and it may not work no matter what you do. It, It may not. And I totally understand that. But just remember that although you cannot control another person's behavior, you can control your own. And the ultimate goal in all of this is your children being able to have relationships with both of their parents, 
that are as conflict-free as possible. So I hope that you will make that a goal every time that you interact with your other co-parent, that my goal is what's in the best interest of the child, and I want it to be as conflict-free as possible. I hope that this, these little tidbits, um, these little reminders um, will help you if you're struggling today with a, co- with a co-parent that's a narcissist or even has narcissistic personality or narcissistic tendencies. Um, I feel like that all of us, if we learn to better regulate ourselves, we become better people. And emotionally, for me, emotionally regulating myself is so important to being peaceful and happy. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I look forward to talking to you all again next week. And happy spring. Hey, mamas. Thank you so much for joining me again today on Co-Parenting Your Thrive Guide podcast. You can download your free Thrive Guide on my website at DebraLanae.com. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to rate and review me wherever you get your podcast. It really goes in supporting the podcast and I would really appreciate your feedback, good or bad. I would love to hear from you. My new podcast comes out every Monday, so please join me next Monday. Until next time, I am Deborah Lene, and remember for this week to lead your conversations with honesty, clarity, and love, and always give grace extended.